Hello, 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 and welcome to episode number four of The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Classen. In the first three episodes, we were introduced to Arkad, who is the richest man of Babylon, who agreed to the proposition of the king of Babylon, Sargon, in which he said, I will train a hundred of the men of Babylon in simple cures in order to fatten their purse and to learn to get wealthy and stay wealthy. In the previous episode, he explained the first cure, which is start thy purse to fattening, in which he basically says in one line, for each 10 coins you put in, spend but nine. In this episode, we will look at the second and the third cure. The second cure is control thy expenditure. Uh, Arkad starts off with asking the crowd, how can a man keep one-tenth of all the coins he earns in his purse when all the coins he earns are not enough for his necessary expenses? And he asks them, how many of you have lean purses? Almost all of them put their hands up. He replied by saying, this crowd is very varied. Some men are rich, some men are poor. Yet nobody knows how to maintain their wealth. Some men have large families to take care of. Some men have small families to take care of. Yet all of us, or all of you rather, have lean purses. Now I will tell you an unusual truth about men. That which each of us calls necessary expenses. And very often we confuse our necessary expenses with our desires. Every one of us have desires. Together with our families, together with our friends, together with society, we all have desires. But can all desires be consumed or satisfied by all men? Or can one man's every single desire be satisfied by him? No. All men are burdened with more desires than they can gratify, Arkad says. Because my wealth Thinkest thou I may gratify every desire? It's a false idea. There are limits to my time. There are limits to my strength. There are limits to the distance I may travel. There are limits to what I may eat. There are limits to the zest with which I may enjoy. We can't satisfy every desire, but what we can do is control our necessary expenses. Now, where do we start controlling our necessary expenses? He says, study thoughtfully thy accustomed habits of living, accustomed habits of living. In this, he basically says, if you want to make an intervention in controlling your expenditure, start not with those extraordinary expenditures which happen once a month, once in three months, once in a year. Start with those everyday expenses that accumulate over time. And if you work on those, rather than working on the bigger, more extraordinary and infrequent expenses, will you actually see a change? And he says, whatever amount of money you get, the motto with expenditure is, be 100% of appreciated value demanded for each coin spent. Each coin that you spend, ensure that every single ounce of value that that coin has should be spent in whatever you want it to be spent in. And this will engrave upon the clay each thing for which you desire to spend. Select those that are necessary and others that are possible through the expenditure of 
only nine tenths of your income. Cross out the rest and consider them part of a great multitude of desires that must go unsatisfied and regret them not. In this, he lays out the principle which is the first step to starting any journey with personal finance, which is budgeting. He says very clearly, budget then your necessary expenses. Touch not one-tenth, one-tenth that you agreed to save that is fattening your purse or that will fatten your purse over time. Let this be the great desire that you have never fulfilled and you will never fulfill. Keep working with your budget. Keep adjusting it to help thee. Make it the first assistant in defending your fat purse. The first assistant in defending your fat purse is allowing your budget to control your desires. Right? In this, a man got up and questioned Arkad and he said, I am a free man. I believe, I believe that it is my right to enjoy the good things and I do not want to be a slave of a budget because for what I earn, for what income I get, I am free to enjoy it to the fullest possible extent and I do not want to carry the burden of a budget. Arkad replies, who would determine your budget? The man replies by saying, of course it would be me. And in that case, think if you, if you were to determine your own budget, the desires in which you lay upon your own budget, make sure that those desires aren't too heavy or hefty that will push the budget down. If your desires are overwhelming and extraordinary and things that will not be satisfied by the income that you receive, even in a thousand years, why do you want to overburden your, your, your budget with those desires? The purpose of a budget, he says, is to help thy purse to fat. It is to assist thee to have thy necessities and insofar as attainable other desires. Here, I would like to add that desires can be of two forms. One are luxurious desires desires that have no time constraint, meaning that they can be purchased right now and they will give you a little bit of convenience. That is their whole purpose. But the marginal benefit that you receive by attaining that convenience is worth less, is worth less than the marginal cost you, you, you give up to attain it, whether it's money, time, whatever. Now, this can be having a phone and wanting a better phone, having a laptop, wanting a better laptop, having a watch, wanting a better watch. Each of these are luxurious desires because the better gadget or whatever is giving you a marginal benefit of convenience. But is it worth more than the marginal benefit of the marginal cost that you give? In most cases, it isn't. The other desires are more rational, more meaningful desires. But these are not in the short term. These are in the long term. These I would like to call ambitious desires, desires that everybody has, but these aren't mainly meant on convenience. These are meant to bring more meaning to life. For instance, um, you want to save up for a family vacation. You want to save up for children's education. You want to save up for a retirement fund. You want to save up to buy a new home. You want to save up to renovate a current home. You want to save up for a medical uh, practice. You want to save up for any sort of, uh, you want to save up for a better uh, education for your children, right? These are things that 
will will always give you more meaning it won't give you better convenience and these aren't things that you can immediately implement these have to you have to go through a lot of toil and trouble in order to save up and budget accordingly to get those but these are desires nonetheless these are desires that you should achieve so when formulating desires in your head always ask yourself is this a luxurious desire or an ambitious desire because this will enable the arcade ads to realize your most cherished desires by defending them from casual wishes he he concludes this chapter by saying budget thy expenses that thou mayst have coins to pay for the necessities to pay for enjoyments and then to gratify your worthwhile worthwhile desires without spending more than 9 tenths of thy earnings on to the third cure the third cure states make thy gold multiply now when your purse starts fattening you have the discipline to leave 1/10 and spend or rather budget the 9/10 in order to spend wisely on necessary expenses and worthwhile desires next we will consider means to put your treasure the treasure which you saved by saving 1/10 of your income to labor and to increase over time gold in a purse is gratifying to the own and satisfieth a miserly soul but earns nothing by this he means having a certain amount saved up only satisfies the soul but it does not earn anything here i should add that gold does not mean buying gold in the modern day gold was used as currency in those times this can be seen as the equivalent of um, any form of currency that you use whether it's rupees dollars whatever the gold or the currency we may retain from our earnings is only a start the earnings it will make shall build our fortunes now how do we do this how do we put our gold to work or how do we put our currency to work or how do we put our assets to work now arkad recites a tale which he has recited before and which we which we saw in chapter number 2 or 3 in which he had given a certain amount of investment to agar the shield maker who would and this was his second investment his first was not very fruitful the second was when he gave agar uh, the shield maker an investment in the form of loan once each year agar bought a large shipments of bronze brought from across the sea to use in his trade lacking sufficient capital to pay the merchants he would borrow from those who had extra coins he was an honorable man his borrowings he would repay together with a liberal rental as he sold the shields and this is the important bit here each time i loaned to him i loaned back also the rental he paid to me therefore not only did my capital increase but the earnings it generated also increased this means that any sort of investment that i have given that i have put into any either a company or 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 an asset or anything of that sort if it generates income for me if it's an income generating asset because i don't need this income right now i am using the income to generate even more income therefore i am making my investments work for themselves 
right? Now, I tell you, my students, a man's wealth is not in the coins he carries in his purse. It is in the income he builds, the gold stream that continually flows into his purse to keep it always bulging. That is what every man desires. That is what you, each one of you desires, an income that continues whether you work, whether you travel, whether you eat, whether you rest, whether whatever you do. This is what you want. This is, you want to make money when you're not working, right? And in order to do that, you have to use the money you don't need in order to make investments so that the investments earn you income and the income can also be put back into investments. And therefore, the cycle continues. Therefore, if you are working, traveling, resting, relaxing, whatever, your income is always working for you. He says, great income I have acquired. So great that I am a very rich man. My loans to Agar were my first training and profitable investment. Gaining wisdom from this experience, I extended my loans and investment as my capital increased. From a few sources at first, from to many sources later, flowed into my purse a golden stream of wealth available for such wise uses I should decide. Behold, from my humble earnings, I had begotten a horde of gold slaves, each laboring and earning more gold. He earned gold which earned gold, gold which earned gold which earned gold. And all of this, uh, the sons, and the grandsons of the golds that he earns all work for one person, Akkad. So the children also labored and their children's children until great was the income from the combined efforts. Now he recites the story in the form of a farmer who, when his son was born, took 10 pieces of silver to a money lender and asked him to keep it on rental for his son until he became 20 years of age. This is also something we can do with our initial sort of investment that we receive with the early days of our salary if we can afford to set it aside and set it aside for a long term so that we invest it on a periodic basis for a 20-year, or 10-year, or 5-year period. The longer, the better. The money lender in this case agreed that the rental should be one-fourth of its value each four years, meaning Every four years, if I have given, if I if I gave the money lender 100 pieces of gold or 100 pieces of silver rather, in the fourth year, he would give me back one fourth more. Meaning if I gave him 100, he would give me back 125, right? So this works out to be about 5.7% compounded annual growth rate, which is not very, uh, which is not a lot, but it is enough to get you started. Now, if you just take this on the basis of um, a 20-year window, which is the four-year happening five times, the, uh, uh, the four-year window uh, opening and closing on five occasions, 100 pieces of gold would turn into 305.17 pieces of gold or silver rather. Therefore, the investment has already gone up three times, right? Now, the farmer, now when the boy had reached the age of 20 years, the farmer again went to the moneylender to inquire about the silver. The moneylender explained that because this sum had increased by compound interest, the original 10 pieces of silver had grown. The farmer had, was well pleased and because the son 
did not need the coins. He left, he left them with the money lender. And he came back when the son was 50 years old. So not only did it grow for the 20 year period when the son, son was born and became 20, which was the original lock-in that the farmer decided, but it also grew from when the son was 20 to when he turned 50. Now, this is again, a period of 50 years. You put a hundred uh, pieces of silver, for instance, and it grows by 25% uh, every four years or 5.7% every year on a compounded annual growth rate. This would come up to 100 pieces of silver would come up to 1,637.1 pieces of silver by the end of the 50th year, which is a growth of at least 17 times, 17 times, right? Thus, in 15 years, the investment multiplied itself at rental almost 17 times. Now, this, mind you, happened not just because the money lender puts not just because the farmer put the money, but because he did not withdraw it and he allowed his interest to compound over time. Right? Someone once said compound interest should be considered the eighth wonder of the world. And it is. If a, certain, if a small amount can be invested over a long period of time, wherever you want it to, at a decent rate, in this case, a 5.7% annual compounded annual growth rate can go up 17 times in 50 years. If that is money that you can leave aside, if that is money that you do not need to budget, if that is money that is not part of your nine-tenths of expenditure and is part of the one-tenth expenditure that you want to use to fatten your purse, then it is a worthwhile investment. Our card closes the third cure with the following words. The third cure for a lean purse is to put each coin to laboring that it may reproduce its kind even as the flocks of the field and help bring to the income a stream of wealth that shall flow constantly into thy purse. That's it from this episode of The Richest Man in Babylon. Thank you for joining me. If there's any way I can improve, please let me know. Uh, that's it for me, Akash, signing out. Thanks.